Cheers! Hi, I'm Cam, holistic health coach, mom to two humans and four pets. Hi, I'm Amelia, laboratory scientist by day and food scientist by night. Welcome to our show. Join us as we share our holistic approach to life after 50. You can expect real life stories with a dash of humor and a ton of truth. If it happens in midlife, we're going to talk about it. So hit that subscribe button and follow along. We're the Midlife Mamas. Hi, everyone. We are enjoying a beautiful day. And on beautiful days, it's lovely to share a drink with a friend. Don't you agree, Cam? I do agree with you. (laughs) But Cam and I have been experimenting with no alcohol days and weeks and months. And so we're going to talk today with you guys about what the benefits are um, to taking a break from alcohol. And so I'll start. Um, I actually started... It wasn't dry January, Cam, I got to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but the re- major reason I decided to take a break was because my hot flashes had gotten kind of bad. And so there was a point in time early this year where I was like, okay, I'm going to pull out all the stops. I'm going to stop drinking alcohol. I'm going to stop eating dairy and gluten to see if that will help. So that's kind of where I started with it. And did it, those things help, actually? Were they helpful? Well, I, it did. And at the point at which I'm thinking it was maybe in February where I started really increasing my protein, um, I, I actually put dairy back. And this is a sidestep here. And I found that my hot flushes came back to a certain degree. But but abstaining from alcohol, especially later in the day, is definitely helped the hot flashes. Interesting. Yeah. So this has been on my radar for a while. And, you know, honestly, you are one of the people that inspires me to like, can I can I do this? Um, Can I put the alcohol down? Because I really like a glass of wine when I'm cooking dinner with music on like I love that. I do too. And I think we're almost conditioned to it, Cam. I think it's such, um, you know, we know so alcohol is a social lubricant. And I almost think it's kind of like the Norman Rockwell painting. It's this vision of beauty and joy. And we've mm-hmm. we bought into it as a culture. And I agree. I misread wine terribly. Yeah. There was some, I had a five-day challenge recently and someone on the five-day challenge showed up early on the live and we were just chatting and she just mentioned that she'd quit drinking in January and, little, you know, I was like, hmm, interesting. And then there's two other clients, <laughs> a longtime client. We joke all the time about, wouldn't it be nice if we were 25 again? <laughs> like, you know, to feel like you could have a drink and not feel the after effects of it. So anyway, there are a few people in my life, they keep bringing up that they're not drinking. So I'm like, can I do it? Can I, can, do I have the willpower to say no to alcohol anyway? And and, you know, there are, we'll get to this. We'll actually talk, mention some of the products that we like as alcohol substitutes. And maybe it's because I looked at one ad, I'm getting flooded with alcohol (laughs) substitute ads on social media. So we'll talk about that. But there's quite a bit of scientific research that points to the idea that alcohol, even that glass of red wine a day or using the Mediterranean diet, we've been um, inundated in the past with Um, I won't say science, maybe it's media, maybe it's other things that say all of this is okay. But now the science isn't pointing to that. And I think you have some information. I do. So when we decided on this topic, I'm like, okay, I'm going to my handy dandy. Who do I trust? Will Cole, Mark Hyman, Sarah Goffrey, 
Frank Lipman. These are all doctors in the space that I trust. And so I pulled out the information and here we go. <laughs> so um, Dr. Sarah Goffrey mentions that ra- that drinking alcohol raises your estrogen levels and that science tells us one glass a day increases your breast cancer risk by 11%. I did not know that stat. That's mm-hmm. a little alarming to me. Um, we know that it makes your liver work harder. <laughs> I'll right. tell you a story, my coping mechanism with that in a minute. Alcohol causes weight gain. It robs you of your sleep. You fall asleep fast, but then you wake up usually in the middle of the night. Your heart's racing, hot flashes, or whatever. Um, it wrecks your ability to cope with stress and it accelerates aging. Boo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. None of that's really good. And yeah, um, I, I'm actually working with a client right now and we had to come to this conclusion that alcohol did some of these things organically. This is a person who typically drank wine with dinner and also had a brandy after. And so we just talked about You know, I explained these things and this person really didn't believe it. But once they tried it, they said they were really surprised at how much better they feel. And this was the fun part. Um, This person was like, I realized that this disinhibition caused by alcohol at, at the dinner hour and after caused me to think I needed a snack before I went to bed at like 11 p.m. And <laughs> yeah. so being aware of this, so this quote disinhibition, which is kind mm-hmm. of the social lubricant that we used in college or in our 20s, has some deleterious effects to our health. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it lowers your inhibition. You're like, yeah, I need more calories. Yeah, right. I need those pretzels. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. I want to read of a section from Dr. Frank Lippman's book. This is the greatest little book ever. It's called The New, New Rules of Aging Well. And I just want to read this from his book. Mm-hmm. Watch alcohol and other toxins. As you age, your capacity to break down alcohol decreases, which explains the 20 thing, right? Right. <laughs> You may have noticed this. You find yourself tossing and turning in bed after a second glass of wine with dinner. You used to have used to be fine having two glasses and now you're not. The normal consequence of aging. Alcohol is not good for your body for many reasons. Among them, it weakens your immune system and ups your sugar intake. But the fact that it interferes with your sleep is essentially problematic because of the domino effect, which we have talked about, Amelia, so many times. (laughs) If you're not rest... If you're not rested, your body craves sugar and carbs for quick energy. You might be too tired to exercise. You overdo it on the caffeine and you throw off your internal clock, which messes up your next nights of sleep. Not to mention you're feeling crummy and you're snappish. So your mood's uh, also down. One bad night leads to another bad night and you become more exhausted and you are prone to reach for more carbs and the cycle continues. (laughs) That's so, you know, it seems kind of common sense to us because we talk about this all the time, but to actually live this truth is is more difficult than I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the sleep falls off, then everything falls off. So really, I was very careful about not exercising late, but I was drinking alcohol at night and sometimes that was disrupting my sleep. So it's kind of like you got to walk the talk, Cam. <laughs> yeah, gotta- <laughs> yeah. I understand. I'm the same exact way. And, you know, it became a ritual for me. Having a glass mm-hmm. of wine was a ritual. And I love structure um, by nature. And my that's kind of how my career has worked. It's a structured thing. I'm not a super creative person. But anyway, it's just, it seems like part of the formula, right? Like it's, I love the, the glass of red wine with the steak. I love a good pe- um, Pinot 
grigio with a piece of fish. Like I basically have a wine for every food. And so to say I'm done with that was really hard. Mm-hmm. Would you say that you're done with that? Or are you just taking a break or what? how would you really evaluate it? It's more, it's not a either one, honestly. It's more mm-hmm. of I recognize it more as a treat than mm-hmm. anything else. It's not a necessary accompaniment to the food, nor is it a coping mechanism or a reward. And that's what I had to tell my client, Cam, was to be very careful about when you view alcohol in these words, I need this or I deserve this. And it Mm -hmm. could be the same if it was a Snickers bar, honestly. Mm -hmm. So anything, anytime we use food or things that we consume to be a crutch or some way to recognize, you know, in a reward system, I think we're getting into a slightly dangerous territory. I totally agree with you. I feel like alcohol was had a little bit of a grip on me. Like I was looking forward to it. Right. And I was like, oh, oh, what's this? (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so I'm I'm only 11 days into my little experiment here. But I've noticed this week I want ice cream. And I was like, what is that? I got rid of that habit, (laughs) you know, a few years ago. And it's interesting how that wants to sneak back in. So your body's going to get the sugar, however it can get the sugar. So I just had to be uh, more mindful this week. Yeah. (laughs) And I love that you recognize that. I mean, I did, I was on vacation last week and I did have ice cream and honestly, I did have a drink or two. I think I had, I shared a beer with my husband on two occasions while we were gone and I had a margarita. And then one night I was like, you know what? I really want some ice cream. And we walked everywhere. So the fact that we walked a couple of blocks Mm -hmm. to get the ice cream and walk back, it made me feel a little bit better. But, you know, in certain circumstances, I don't completely stay I feel like if I had denied myself the alcohol and or the ice cream, it would have made me somewhat miserable. But mm-hmm. I recognize the fact that it's it's isolated. I don't view either one of those things as taboo, but I don't either mm-hmm. want e- I don't view either one of those things as something I need or or want on a really regular basis. Yeah. So I really believe food is information for our body. Right. But it's, the, it's the emotional thing. It's the connection beyond that. Yeah. So I'm going to be on the ice cream lookout because <laughs> I thought I it was you. coming back. I hear you. Uh. And you know, you know, when I first started this, maybe I can't remember now, Cam, my days and months are running together, January, February, whenever it was, I was serious about being like, okay, I've got to stop this stuff that's making the hot flashes, hence interrupting sleep. Um, the first week was really hard. The second week was slightly less hard. And it wasn't after after three full weeks where I was like, you know what, I really can get rid of this in my Mm -hmm. life when, you know, for the most part, because I felt so flipping good. Like I would wake up with energy, no sluggishness, you know, more and more rarely did I get kind of wigged out when situations didn't go my way. I was like, okay, I just need a plan. And just to settle down and decide what that plan was, was much easier. Now, maybe there's no connection, but that's my perception is that when I stopped drinking every day or every couple of days, whatever it was, that it became Mm -hmm. easier. So I would agree. I feel like my brain is working better. I think my clear, I have clearer thinking. Um, I don't have like a panic moment in the middle of the night when I wake, like break, wake up catching my breath or my heart, whatever it was doing. I don't really have hot flashes. So it wasn't that. Yeah. So maybe, you know, sleep has improved even more. I will say I do track my sleep and I know it has improved because, um, I see it on my readiness score. If I had an extra glass of wine at night, it was always going to mess up my readiness mm, score mm-hmm. for the next day. 
And also my resting heart rate wouldn't drop until like the early morning hours versus like midway through sleep. So, you know, heart rate variability is your body's stress response, like bouncing between the two sides of your nervous system. And both of those numbers are definitely improved when I'm not drinking alcohol. (laughs) So. So you have the objective evidence. So has there Mm -hmm. been any challenges other than the ice cream thing? Um, no. So I noticed I wanted ice cream. Yeah. So we went out to, <laughs> to eat twice in this 11 day period. The first day we went to a Mexican restaurant. It was actually a Friday night. I was like, woohoo, we're going to a Mexican restaurant. Yeah. I'm going to sit at the bar and I'm not going to order a drink. Like I pepped myself up and like, even, you know, I'm like, what, what's my plan? I really thought about it. Cause I'm like, Hmm, Friday night, the chips are going to be there, <laughs> you know, yeah. sitting at the bar. So I asked the bartender to make me a skinny virgin margarita. And he looked at me like I was crazy. He had never like made that. And I was like, what? <laughs> so he made me something. I don't know if it was the sugary oh, stuff. <laughs> I, I just wanted lime juice in a fancy glass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hear you. And that's what I do is I get, um, I use club soda. When we go out, I ask for club soda or sparkling water with lime. I actually love lime. I love that flavor. So for me, that's fine. And I love carbonation. So, and they, sometimes they bring it in a fancy glass and that's an easy way when you're in a group that was, Mm -hmm. for me, that's an easy way to order something from the bar. That's not tap water um, and participate in the conversation. And most of the time it's only my friends that I've had for a really long time. And we're like drinking buddies that they Mm kind of look at you're not drinking. I mean, you know, can't we're past the age of, are you pregnant? Like, you know, like 30 years ago, I was like, Oh my God, you must be pregnant. Uh, But we're past that. But now, but with people I don't know or very well are work associates. So I was also traveling for business recently and it's not uncommon that, when we take clients out, there's there's wine ordered. And I just ordered the club soda. Nobody blinks an eye. So, you know, I, I think that we just have to get used to that. Um, I, at first, it made me a little uncomfortable for sure. And I was like, oh, you know, yeah. what's the right decision here? The second time we went out, it was uh, between lunch and dinner. So we call it Leonard. <laughs> we yeah, went to Leonard. Yeah. And we went to a, it was a, it's like a fancy bar around here. And we were just going to have hamburger and sit at the bar or whatever. I'm like, okay, it's Sunday. March Madness is on. What's my plan? I got to have a plan. So I asked the bartender. She was very like, at first she was kind of taken back, but she like offered me some suggestions. They had like three mm. different non-alcoholic mm-hmm. beers. And actually, she brought me one that they also make an IPA, which I'm a fan of. I can't think of the brand. It starts with an L. It's from California. Mm. Anyway, it was really good, Amelia. Like, I'll, I would buy this non-alcoholic beer if I wanted to have a drink in my house. So that's really cool. I'm glad to know that. And we'll have to, um, I can share in the show notes what I use. Perfect. Um, and there's a, there's a couple of other things I could probably do some research as well. What, um, I think we've covered a lot of the positive effects mm-hmm. that you felt in the last 11 days. Is there anything else you can think of? Cause I've got a couple of extras too. Yeah, I would just say I feel like my skin looks clearer mm. and brighter. I don't feel as puffy. Being hypothyroid, like anytime I s- s- like step off <laughs> off course, <laughs> I'm puffy the next morning. So I feel I feel like that's less. And I would also say I just feel less inflamed in my gut in the morning. Like I feel, you know how like when you wake up and your belly feels its best, it's it's at its leanest kind of feeling. Yeah. Yeah. But if you ate out the night before, if you went to Chipotle or something, then you would feel that ugh kind of feeling. So I don't feel that anymore. And the scale hasn't changed. So this is really not about losing weight. It's more about just feeling better, I think. (laughs) 
That's really cool. I have a similar story with that. My weight actually, as, as I've actually upped my weights with strength training and increased my protein, mm-hmm. I'm actually up by two pounds, but I'm also 2% lower in body fat. Oh, so, go for it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I only weigh myself like once a week. Um, so I probably don't get a true picture, but the last time I did one of those in-body scan things, it that's that was the result. And so I feel I feel the same way. My clothes, honestly, I don't know that my clothes fit any different, but they certainly aren't tight. Like literally, this is no joke. I have a pair of shorts that I've had. I bet I've had these shorts at least ten years. And about five years ago, I tried to give them to my daughter. They're there's some of those like um, draft dry weave shorts and they've got a bunch of pockets. They're made for like hiking and stuff and they're great. And I was like, these aren't, these are too tight for me any, you know, now. So I tried to give them to my daughter and she was like, nah, I don't really like them. Well, I kept them cam and this year I'm able to completely, you know, button them comfortably and move comfortably. I took them on vacation. So that was kind of cool. I really enjoyed that. And just another pot, a couple of more positive effects. I generally feel happier. Like when I wake up in the morning, I'm just like, oh, wow, it's a new day. And not that I wasn't happy before, but it was more likely when I had was drinking in the evenings that I would wake up and be grateful but what I would see in front of me is all the work I had to do or what I had to accomplish. And I was, I had to force the the joy and the gratefulness, whereas now it's completely natural. And the other thing is my communication is better with, even with my husband. And so I think alcohol, we think about this disinhibition to help us through those tough, um, intimate moments, if we want to call them that. And now I actually feel better about that. Like my libido is better since I'm not drinking as much. And I think about my husband in a much more positive light, shall we say. Oh, that's so good. I bet he's happy about that. <laughs> you know, he hasn't said anything, but oh. my husband's a real touchy-feely guy. Like he loves yeah. to hug and I mm-hmm. am not super cuddly, but I've been able to embrace that a little bit more. And I think that's a positive thing. Interesting. So like the veil between the two things. Huh? Yeah, I know. It was it was kind of a weird when I was really pondering this episode and what, you know, what we would talk about and what my mm-hmm. experience actually was. That was kind of an aha moment. Yeah, we have a church uh, event tonight and it's advertised as a wine night. And so anyway, we're going to Cincinnati, whatever. And so I have to like have my game plan on what how am I going to handle the situation? So And, and, you know, I think that's an interesting point that um, because one of the things I have on our list is have had to battle discomfort when not drinking socially when others are. And I think with Mm -hmm. time that gets better, but Mm -hmm. especially if that's the focus, a wine tasting or a wine dinner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think for me, it'll there'll come a point where if I choose to go to things like that, I might have a taste Mm -hmm. where I was somewhere recently. I think it was in February when we had a big um, regional meeting with my company and the the wine was free, obviously. And I asked her to pour me some and I took like three or four sips and I was like, yeah, I don't need this. So I just left Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did, Did it not taste good or you just were like, no, it's not for me? Both. I mean, it literally, because if it, 
I'm the same way with sweets, though, Cam. It mm. better taste good. If it's something that's yeah. not on my normal plan, it better taste really good. Yeah. Um, or, or I'm not going to fool with it. Like, it's not worth the the derailing. Um, and that's where I feel like people I talk to and work with, I have to get them to a point where their normal is not the alcohol or the processed foods or the ice cream or whatever. Because when that's your normal, it makes it really difficult. So that edging along the health and wellness path to start getting rid of those things incrementally is where I work with people more than kind of this you know, like we're all, we're, we're like 90% there. And then we need that little push. Most of the people I've worked with have a much larger leap and I'm not going to lie. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was surprised that I made it through the first weekend, like on, on track. And so I'm entering my second weekend, but I understand. I think having a plan has been super helpful for me, like thinking about the situation before I go, which I'm used to doing when I was a Mm -hmm. vegetarian and we would go anywhere. I would have to have a plan like or I would eat before I went. So it's kind of like going back to that, like, okay, so what is my plan? How am I going to navigate this situation? I just really didn't like the way it had a grip on me. And I Mm -hmm. feel like I let go of it pretty fast. And I don't know how long I'm going to go. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure. (laughs) That's really cool. And, you know, when I would have a drink with dinner or at a party or whatever, there is this line where you, I don't know, everybody given their body mass, I think it's different, where you've consumed enough, where you reach that point of joy or you, I call it euphoria, where it's just like, oh, this is great. And that quickly degrades. And so, Um, I thought that part of giving alcohol up or at least severely limiting it would be the point that I would miss. And I honestly don't because it's been replaced by this general sense of happiness and well-being. So I don't have to gravitate for some high, some, you you know what I mean? Like it, all of it's better. Like the floor has been raised just by the fact that I'm not drinking. So I don't crave that quote euphoria or that high from that first drink. I know exactly what you're saying. It's always the one more. I'll just yeah. have one more. Yeah. And that one more makes you feel like crumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, mm-hmm. it's funny because I was traveling with a couple of guys for my with my company this week and they were talking, oh, we were talking about this guy being on a cruise. And, you know, when you're on a cruise or at an all-inclusive and the drinks are included, he talked about, and it was all in jest. It was all supposed to be funny. You know, when the drinks are free, the first one should be really good tasting, but then you just, you, you know, you just <laughs> yeah. keep drinking and it can be the well stuff to keep your buzz on. And I I didn't say anything. I didn't be like, well, that's just sick. But I thought, Uh you know, I felt a little sorry for him. Like, I'm like, dude, like you should really enjoy your cruise without, you know, needing to feel that way. But yeah, but isn't that like culture? Like, yes, I was thinking about vacation, like in in my past, maybe not that long ago, (laughs) like vacation meant a vacation from everything, from eating healthy, it meant a vacation from exercise, it meant eat whatever you want, drink whatever you want. And that has changed in menopause. I don't know, I can't put my finger on it exactly, but it has changed. (laughs) Well, and mine all boils down to this whole hot flash thing. Like I'm Mm -hmm. doing the bioidentical hormones. I'm trying not to eat very close to bedtime. Like I'm doing all the things, Mm -hmm. but I still struggle. So Mm -hmm. I'm almost at a point of desperation, Cam, where I'm like, I'll try anything except for like cutting off a body part. And yeah, I hear you. (laughs) I'm not doing that. 
You know, and I, and when I think about it, when I was getting ready for this episode, I think my, my breast scare, having to go back every six months watching what's going on. I think that was part of my like, okay, you're not invincible. Like, right. what, you know, <laughs> you do the things, but you still have this one thing, this one thorn in your side that you're not really willing to look at. But it's interesting, every time someone brought it up, and you're one of them, and then these other people that have entered in my life, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Could I do that? I would always think, could I do that? So then finally, I just said, I'm doing that. <laughs> so, And, I, you know, I think that everyone's tolerance for abstinence or alcohol consumption is different, right? Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. you know, I I don't want to say you need to give up alcohol, although Mm -hmm. I've read in more than one place that despite the um, permission, as it were, from from scientists back in the 90s, alcohol is a neurotoxin. It it Mm -hmm. is a toxin that your body has to, to, that's why we talked about early on the whole liver thing, your liver detoxes, um, the alcohol. Now there's tons of stuff that we either are exposed to because we put them in our mouth or environmental toxins that we have to detox, but this is a choice. Mm -hmm. So some of the things are not a choice. This is a choice. So certainly, um, I mean, I don't routinely take over the counter medicines, but twice in the last like three weeks I've had, I've awakened with a pretty severe headache and I took ibuprofen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that is not normal for me, but I am aware I need to get rid of this and my liver is going to have to detox this. Like this comes at a cost. Right. So the same, you know, the same is true for alcohol. We're not saying it's like the devil, but Mm -hmm. there, there is a cost. Yeah. And I went through a stage too. And I know I've talked about on this podcast, like I was drinking the dry farms wine. Yeah. (laughs) It was less toxin. It had less sugar in it, all the stuff. It was tested independently, whatever. And then also using my castor oil packs all the time on my liver. Like what? It was kind of like I was lying to myself, you know, let's really look at this. You know, uh, am I leaning on alcohol too much? So that's my story. Yeah, and and I don't think you know. I think that the dry farms are is a great option for those mm-hmm. times you want to have. I think the castor oil pipes yep. are very helpful. So yep. I agree with you. Sometimes we accept that the mm-hmm. behavior that we're choosing may not be the best, but we're we're making a mindful decision. That's where that's where I think it's a healthy decision. In instead of that whole just one more thing, no, yeah. that that may yeah. not be the best way to look at it. Yeah. And I also, it's interesting to think about the times I use alcohol for reward or when I've had a hard day. Mm-hmm. Like, it's interesting, like when you're like, no, I'm not doing this. And then you're like, have the instinct or you want to, you just pause and like really connect right. your your actions to your emotions. I don't know. <laughs> That's really insightful. And, you know, I I try to recognize those feelings as well. And for me, the timing is usually around four o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Around four o'clock in the afternoon is when like, oh, I would like to pour a glass of wine. Yeah. If I can get past five or 5.30 when I'm actually about to eat dinner, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. It's not, mm-hmm. it, it's, for me, it's more of some sort of idealized version of an event like dinner than it is the actual happening. Isn't mm-hmm. that weird? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like we habit stacked it with cooking dinner. <laughs> What the heck were we doing? Yeah. Yeah. So that's just proof that you can Uh have it stack in the wrong direction if you're not Uh, careful. Yeah. (laughs) And really, I think all of the things that we talk about are just bringing awareness to what we are unaware of. And so anyway, 
thank you, Amelia, for bringing this to my attention. And <laughs> well, it was unwittingly. Like, I didn't say this to you or our audience to say, oh, you need to do this. It was just for me, you know, mm-hmm. waking up sweaty five or six times a night is no fun. So I'm glad I could help. thanks for listening today you can find us on instagram at midlife.mamas for all of our other contact info check out the show description below and we will talk to you next week